What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. On this show, I have talked at length about the importance of eating enough protein, but sometimes eating protein throughout the day can be a challenge. However, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts and is the perfect addition to your day. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, over 10% of your daily value. It's one of the highest protein nuts out there. But that's not all. Pistachios are also known for their fiber and better for you unsaturated fats, which we all need in our diet. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with your family and friends or taking them with you on your summer adventures. So whether you're dropping off the kids or running between meetings, fuel up with a healthy and tasty snack. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Welcome back to Balance Black Girl. We're in the middle of Mindset May. So all month long, we've been talking about brain health, improving our mindset, expanding our minds. But a big part of brain health and mindset is just our ability to focus and figuring out how do we balance creativity with focus. Those two things can sometimes seem a little bit at odds, but I think that they can work together really beautifully. And that's what I really want to explore today. Also talking about what happens when our brains sometimes think a little bit differently, because we can put a lot of pressure on ourselves to want to be very linear and to put our thought patterns into very specific boxes. And brains don't always work that way. Sometimes our brains are going to do what they want to do. So I'm really excited to bring in my guest today. I am being joined by Janelle Pearson, who is a community manager at Holisticism, which is a business platform that I love. Janelle, welcome. Yay, thank you for having me. This is wonderful. I'm I honestly, I have been so excited to be on this podcast for a really long time. I know. So like, <laughs> We've talked about having you come on for a long time. And so I'm glad that, yeah. you know, we're finally here. Yeah, me too. It's Definitely. Great. Perfect timing. So I love holisticism, which we're going to talk more about holisticism and what y'all do at holisticism. But I was introduced to holisticism from the 12th House podcast, mm. which your founder, mm -hmm. Michelle, hosts. We love Michelle. Mm -hmm. And I don't even remember how I found the podcast or which episode I stumbled upon, but it was an episode with Michelle and Wallace talking and they said the term squiggly brain. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I heard them say that, I was like, I'm seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody gets me. Yeah, absolutely. I am understood. Yeah. Can you share with our community what it means to have a squiggly brain? Yeah. What do you all mean when you say squiggly brain? Absolutely. I would love that. So, you know, I think we're in a time right now where there's a lot of talk about 
being neurospicy or neurodivergent, and that can manifest in a lot of different ways. You know, obviously ADHD is something that a lot of people are talking or discovering that they have themselves. And when we use the term squiggly brains, we're kind of encompassing all of those neurodivergent, neurospicy ways of being. Mm -hmm. But it's also people who just don't necessarily identify with a linear way of thinking or doing things, right? You don't have to be ADHD or whatever neurospicy to identify as squiggly brained. You just have to own your own way of doing things or know that like maybe the way that society or the world or your parents have taught you or your teachers have taught you to do things doesn't work for you. And that's that's really what we mean when we say squiggly brain. So the people who identify with that, I think, are the people who have grown up feeling like they've always been a little bit outside of the realm of norm um, in society. So hopefully that explains it. Oh, it totally does. And and I love the term neurospicy. Yeah. I think that that's just a more empowering it's way sexy. to describe it. Yeah, and yeah. it's cute. Like, it's sexy. And also, like... It feels more aligned. It feels it resonates more, right? right? I think obviously, again, we're coming out of this. I think largely as a society, especially in this country, I don't, I can't really talk about what's happening mental health in other in other countries. But there's a lot of talk about what it means to be neurodivergent, right? And also, like, on where on the spectrum it lands in terms of like it being a bad thing or a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. And I think we're realizing that it's neither. It, it is just. It is what it it's is. Neutral. It's, yeah, exactly. And it's just a new way and a different way of being and showing up in the world and looking at things and as equally deserving of being embraced and celebrated as anything else, you know. Um, and so when I think about shifting the energy around being neurodivergent, neurospicy just feels like, yeah, it's just like a little, a little spice on, you know, how we normally do things or how we think what we think normal is, you know, it's just a little, a little kick, a little bam, you know, from up your life. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It worked. <laughs> the first time I heard it too, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm stealing that. That's it. <laughs> I'm never calling it anything else. This is the description exactly. right here. And who doesn't want a little spice, a little variety? I mean, come on. Life is so boring without spice. You know, food is like, I mean, let's, yeah, you got to have a little spice. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Can we talk about having a squiggly brain be a superpower. You know, I love mm-hmm. what you said about thinking differently and thinking in a nonlinear way isn't good or bad, it's neutral. And yeah. I think for a lot of us, especially with our school system, especially those of us who maybe went to like elementary school in the 90s, which was probably the last frontier of like old school <laughs> schooling, 100%. very linear. And yeah. if you were not linear, like something was wrong. wrong yeah. Learning how we can one, separate ourselves from that messaging. If we internalize that when we were younger, how we can learn to embrace the way our minds work and two, how we can find like our superpower in being squiggly. Yeah, that's a really great question. You know, ultimately, I think everybody has their own individual journey to that for themselves, right? Because I think everybody has their own experience with how they judge um, being neurodivergent um, or neurospicy. But I will say that... Lord, geez. I was like, I mean, like, I kind of just want to put it bluntly. I'm just like, if we think about the ways in which, you know, we have been taught and indoctrinated in schools and the purpose behind that and kind of what that's led us to Mm -hmm. as a society, it's not great, you know? Like, we don't have a lot of great people that are running shit or like, you know, Mm -hmm. or or in places where they can make decisions. And, And so I guess one thing that I would say is, this is almost a time where it behooves all of us to 
look at the ways in which we can look at the world differently yeah. and show up differently. Absolutely. And if you already feel naturally inclined to do that, then like, psh, you're like a step ahead of the game, you yes. know, like you're already there and lean into that because that's what it's going to take to get us Lord, if we can, off this path that we're currently on, you know? <laughs> right. Sorry, I, I can go on tangents too. Again, I did not take my meds today. I'm very, I'm neurospicy. I'm ADHD. But uh, that's not to say that like, you know, everything is bad. Like there's a balance, right? Mm-hmm. Like I've, I've been consuming, unfortunately, a lot of news in the last couple of days. So my 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 energy is a little um, uh, clouded. But yes, but I say that to say, I do think that now this time calls for, I mean, true individuality and finding a purpose um, because our whole value system has to change. And so, yeah, I I think I went on a little bit of a tangent, but I would say like lean into that as much, like look at the environment, you Mm -hmm. know, like being normal, whatever the fuck that is, is overrated. Right. And also just is it doesn't work. Right. And then I think the other thing about it being a superpower is it is. And the reason why it is a superpower is because it is not the norm, right? It, it's a way of being and a way of thinking, a way of looking at the world, a way yeah. of operating that is so contrary to how our system operates. And so it feels so different, such a, a contrast that, again, by nature of it being so contrasting makes it a superpower, you know, um, which is why I'm like, yeah, everybody fucking show up that way. And then we'll see. We we all have superpowers. Right. We can figure out what those look like for us individually. But we do all have those, you know. And so, yeah, I said a lot. But I think that that is that's what I found um, has worked for me in terms of leading into that, because I did struggle a lot with ADHD diagnosis. Yeah. I actually was diagnosed with ADHD in 2014, like right after I graduated college. But the psychiatrist that I was seeing at the time would not prescribe me medication because I was also smoking weed. In her opinion, the two would counteract, they would basically make each other a moot point. They would just like balance each other out or or cancel each other out. Okay, yeah. I had, you know, taken Adderall in college and also been smoking weed. So I knew that wasn't true, but she was adamant. And so at the time I wasn't ready to give up smoking weed. Uh, So I just said, fuck it. I'm just going to keep doing living my life. Last few years, I've realized that I I feel like there were some microaggressions in that. I think that there was, it was, I felt like it was unethical the way that she was handling me. Uh, She basically said that even if I did you know, decide to stop smoking weed. I would have to be drug tested every month. It was like I was a criminal. Oh, that's it was. Yeah, very there's unethical. some other things mixed. Yeah, and so that was something that I had to kind of come to grips with and deal with. And at the time, I didn't really want to, and so I just walked away from it. And so I didn't actually start taking medication for my ADHD until uh, last year. It's been really? a little oh, bit. Wow. Right, it's been over a year and a half now that I've been medicated. So you went eight years from being diagnosed until you started medication. Yeah. Yep. Did the diagnosis at least knowing, okay, this is how my brain works. Was that helpful? What was that like? I think because I had had that initial experience of having the diagnosis and then being told that the way that I was handling myself was already wrong. I kind of, it all blurred together. So it felt like I I had to have shame about Mm -hmm. having ADHD and then also not somehow handling it the right way. And so it was better. It was easier for me to just like push it back. Yeah. And ignore it until I couldn't anymore. Until I was like, this is affecting my day-to-day life. Yeah. Can we talk more about what that got you to that point? Absolutely. A hundred percent. It was actually, well, the pandemic exacerbated it for sure. I actually started working for holisticism at the top of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. 
around the spring 2020, like a few months into the pandemic. I mean, that was a difficult time for us all, obviously. But yeah. I mean, how it was difficult. We were all at home all the time. And I still had to show up and I had to be at work. And what I do at my job is I do a lot of one-on-one work with people in our community. And I love working with people. It's like, I think that's why... I leaned into a lot of the other parts of my life with producing and just like, you know, being on sets and communities. I love community. People are like everything. I love family. Like I will do <laughs> everything for family. Um, but anyway, so that's a lot of the work that I had to do. Mm-hmm. And it required me to show up at great capacity. And that got really, really difficult for me to do early on in my job where I started having constant daily anxieties that I was going to get fired. Like, I was like, oh, so, you know, tomorrow's going to be the day, you yeah. know? And that's a hard way to live. It is. Consistently. You have no sense of safety. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing, yeah, there's nothing below me. And totally deregulated in my body. And I started developing, like, stomach pains. And it just was not, it was not fun. And God bless God, I'm so grateful for Michelle. I mean, I don't think I could have ever painted, imagined a better boss, leader, like, head witch in charge than Michelle, truly, honestly. She, whew, there's so many things that I could say, but she just is the best model of generosity and graciousness and space holding. And also I feel like because of how well she does that, she's more successful. Mm-hmm. You know, it's Absolutely. just like, oh my God, yeah. you can be a great person. And like, that's the thing that makes you successful. You can like put people first and like that helps grow your business. You know, like that's wild. Um, Not something that we learn, you know, uh, growing up. And so, yeah, I was really grateful to have her as a boss and to be able to have spaces where I could communicate what I was going through and what I was experiencing. And there were times where, sh- where we would be talking about medication before I actually got on the medication. And It was during that time where I had to confront, go back to that time in my life Mm -hmm. where I had that diagnosis and I kind of just pushed it away. And, you know, again, Michelle never pushed one way or the other, but she was always encouraging with where I was at. And I think that there was a conversation where we had that we had where she said, you know, it's not. If you have to be on medication, you don't have to accept that it's an all forever thing. It can be temporary, Mm -hmm. but sometimes you need to at least ground yourself with the medication in order to get to a place where you can make the decisions to get yourself to not need it, you know? Yeah, no, 100%. And it, nobody had ever said that to me. Nobody had ever put well, that. it sounds all or nothing. It's like you are on this. This is who you are. This is what you do for forever. 100%. And I also grew up, you know, my mom has multiple sclerosis. She was diagnosed when I was, um, oh God, in 2001. And... She is anti-medication. Oh, God, she's going to hear this, but I'm going to be real. because She knows how, everything that I feel. Um, she's anti-medication, and I've watched her deteriorate. Mm. I've recently became a caretaker for her. She's m- moved into you know my home. Yeah. And I've watched her deteriorate over the last several years, and she still refuses to take medication. Mm. That, so, like, that's what I grew up with. So, like, there's already, a, like, a, you know, a self-conscious an unconscious bias against it. Yeah. And so, yeah. So, you know, I had that conversation with Michelle and it really did it. I think it helped kind of push me forward into that decision. So I I went back to a different psychiatrist this time, a psychiatrist of color, because the first woman that I saw was a white woman. I think that's worth noting. Yeah. And 
I told them everything that was going on and it was with the same um, insurance as with Kaiser. He had seen my records even from all the way back then. So he had already seen the diagnosis, but he still put me through the test anyways just to see where I was at. Yeah, He'd re-diagnosed me and then put me on medication. It, I don't exaggerate. I, I, it changed my life. Like I can't tell you enough mm-hmm. <laughs> how big of a shift almost immediately I felt being medicated because I could focus and like I could my brain could be a little bit more linear in a way that I needed in order to get my work done and which then lifted my anxiety which then lifted my depression which then allowed me to like see clear and then be creative again and I wasn't just feeling like I was always catching up to the next thing you know like I was always behind Um, and I could actually like learn and like gain skills in the work and it was just so night and day and you know since then I definitely like I'm still in a figuring out exactly like what how dosage works for me and like you know I'm on a different dosage this month than I was last month and um and so it's still like trial and error but I'm much better now um now that I I at least have the medication than without having it at all and I definitely will take the experimentation and the not everything is always right I I specifically take Adderall and that can be a really powerful medication at times and it messes with my body sometimes and so again playing with it um, or maybe that's a I, there's a different medication that I need to take. Either way, I'm so grateful to be on this journey than where I was before because it just was, yeah, I was I was trapped. There was nowhere to go from there. And again, to your point, there's no foundation. And when you're in a space where you're just in survival mode, you can't you can't thrive. Yeah, you can't you can't thrive. You can't do anything. You're, stuck. you're just surviving. You're yeah. stuck. You know. And I was in survival mode for a long time and didn't realize it honestly until it came to a head. So. Yeah, that's not to say that everybody needs to be on medication at all, but I am an advocate for if it's something that you feel like you need to to go for it. And and you have to advocate for yourself. Um, I think if I had pushed back on that first psychiatrist or asked for a different psychiatrist that I may have gotten medicated sooner um, or may have come to grips with it sooner and dealt with less shame around it, you know, because I still... Even when I accepted the medication and accepted the diagnosis fully, I still felt a lot of shame around it. There was a lot. There were a lot of times where I would be exhibiting very clear ADHD diagnosis um, uh, symptoms, mm-hmm. and I would be like, I would just be like, no, it's just like a unique quirk of mine. Like I'm just unique. I'm just like quirky, you know. Like I'm just like it's, it's not the yes, I can't blame and <laughs> yes, and, right, exactly, yes, and quirks, right, and yes, yes, and that's also a quality of like my that's how my brain is functioning right now. Yeah. That's a thing, you know, and that's okay. It took me a while to really come to grips with that, and it's so funny. I had a, a friend of mine, my actually production partner, my writing partner. She's also ADHD. She, but she's been diagnosed and medicated. And she was a kid, um, so she's really had a long journey with it. But she shared with me a couple of ADHD meme pages that really actually helped me get through that part of my journey because there were so many things that I was reading that resonated, and I was like, "Oh my god, that is me!" And like, "Oh my god, I do do that!" And like, exactly, I feel seen. Like that is out in the world, and it's okay, and there's nothing wrong with it. And yeah, you know, like, and so. Yeah, it's been a journey. It's yeah. been a journey. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's something that you mentioned earlier that I would love to go back to where you talked about as you were adjusting to being on medication and how that lifted a lot of the depression and anxiety you were feeling. It created space that helped you be creative. Yeah. I think for 
a lot of people, they may feel like, whether it's medication or other tools, that they have this impression that it stifles them, that they then can't be themselves or can't be creative. But I really like how you said that it was a tool that helped to give you the freedom and the safety to feel creative and to be able to express yourself when you weren't so stressed about being found out or about functioning the way you needed to function. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I I think... Yeah, I think, again, specifically for ADHD, you know, the way that at least mine works is I'm I'm always going at a million miles per minute. And it is like, it's very unpredictable. There are t- moments where I'm really obsessing over something and I could be obsessing over something for hours. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, I can't focus on something for five minutes. And so just the back and forth, just the unpredictability of it. Again, there's no way to ground yourself in that. And it makes it, it does make it really difficult to be creative because for me, in order, I won't say in order to be creative, this has to happen, but I will say creativity works best for me when I feel relaxed, when I feel, yeah, that's really it. When I feel relaxed, it's hard to be creative in survival mode. Exactly. And you can't, yeah, and you're not relaxed when when you're trying to survive Mm -hmm. or, yeah, when you're just like, what is today going to be like? Like, what what is my brain going to function as today? You know, um, and so yeah, I I needed that. I needed that because wh- the other thing that happened was I would try to force myself to be creative, and because I wasn't again in a place where I had fully accepted my diagnosis and what I needed, I started to inflate my inability to be creative the way that I wanted to be with my ability to be creative at all. Mm. I started to think that it was a me problem and that I just wasn't talented enough or I didn't have a skill set or I wasn't smart enough or I don't know, I didn't have enough information or something, you know, fill in the blank. And all lies, none of it was true. It was just the fact that, again, my brain was, there were so many things fighting for my attention and my brain, and I, I needed something to help me settle that down to clear space, you know? And oh my God, Les, I, I cannot, again, I'm not exaggerating. I say this all the time. And like, I think the first few times I talked to people about it, I, I cried because it was literally night and day, the shift that happened for me the moment I started taking medication. I mean, I was, I feel like a whole new person. And it, and I wasn't, I was the same person, but again, I, I wasn't in survival mode anymore. I could breathe. I, yeah. my perspective shifted. I was like, oh, the world is in hell. And like, <laughs> like a good, like good things do still abound and abundance right. is real and nature is beautiful. You know, like it's all still here, you <laughs> yes. know? Um, and the then the freedom. Exactly. Yeah. And it allowed me to process even clearer, like through therapy. I was still mm-hmm. going through therapy through yeah. all that time, which again, huge advocate for therapy. Yeah. Like, thank God. And uh, yeah, so a huge difference. And yeah, I, I really do attribute that to, to medication and also just doing that work of accepting that this is where I'm at and that's cool. Yeah, which is sometimes the hardest part. It's just the acceptance and figuring out how to navigate from there. hundred percent. Yeah, I think, yeah, for a lot of people, I think I will say, especially I think in our community and black mm-hmm. community. Yep. It's stigmatized, right. you know, I, men, mental health in general. I do think it's getting better. You know, I've seen, yep. it's been amazing to watch like my grandmother mm-hmm. have conversations around mental health and depression. And like, yes. I mean, it's so cool. To, yes. I'm like, you know, growing up, at least up until a certain point, I think I was convinced that you get to a certain age and you just like stop. 
growing. You know, you just are like, ah, this is where I'm at. I'm just going to accept it, you know? Um, And I just thought that everybody did that. But as I've gotten older and, you know, when I was in my 20s, I really started to see it with my parents and see them, like, evolve and grow. Now to see my grandmother and my great aunts, like, having these, like, real conversations with, like, us or, like, the cousins. And it's really, really cool. It's really awesome. That being said, there's still work to be done, right? There's still stigma. And I think that that also, you know, to an extent plays a role in, you know, being able to come to grips with that um, and, and, and really being authentic on that journey or living authentically on that journey. Yeah, I'll say I feel really grateful. I, I think that, and my family will say this, like I've been a pioneer in my family. I was the first person to go to therapy. I started going to therapy when I was in college. And I remember coming home, telling my parents that I was in therapy and my dad, like, just being like, what? Like, in shock. And over the years, he's expressed, like, how that has helped him, you know, or it helped him realize the importance of it. And, you know, it opened him up just to thinking about his mental health in general, you know. And so, yeah, I think I would also say that to anybody who's, like, not sure where they're at in the journey or is struggling with that, that... It's not also just about us. Like, it is also about pioneering and showing other people that, like, it's okay to accept where we are. And also, it's probably the better thing to do, you know, Um, because we get to live more authentically and we get to actually, like, live out a a bliss and purposes. And I don't believe in one purpose, but, like, you know, we just get to live a more authentic life. We get to have fun and enjoy our life. Um, And that's what I'm all about. That's, like, my top value is fun um, and enjoyment. So... I hope that for everyone. I hope hope for everyone listening, like whether you're neurospicy or not, like just enjoy your life. Summer is almost here and you know what that means? It means it's almost time to go to the Renaissance tour. So we need to start training and getting ready to sing and dance at the concert. And I'm preparing by getting my hydration on point while I get in shape for the concert. And my go-to for staying hydrated is my element. I truly can't go a day without it. Element is an incredible tasting electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't. It contains a science-backed ratio of sodium, potassium, and magnesium, which is sometimes hard to get when you eat a whole foods diet, but our bodies really, really need so that we can stay hydrated, regulate hormones, absorb nutrients, prevent muscle cramps, and fight fatigue, especially as it gets warmer outside, we're more active, and we may be sweating a little more. So whether you're training for Renaissance, traveling, or working out more, Element is the perfect thing to give your water a boost so it's more hydrating and so you'll actually want to drink it. I'm telling you, Element tastes so good. It's a little sweet, it's a little salty, but it also has zero grams of sugar. I personally drink Element every single day and I have a hard time drinking plain water without it. So I love adding fruity Element to the water I drink throughout the day. Citrus and watermelon are amazing flavors. I also love the mango chili. And then I like adding the chocolate salt to some warm water and a little bit of almond milk for making a bedtime hot cocoa at night. And with Element, I'm getting the hydration I need. I drink so much more water. I feel better and my skin feels better as well. 
Element is offering you a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single serving packets free with any Element order so you can try all eight flavors to find your fave or share with your friends. Get yours at drinkelement, that's L-M-N-T dot com slash balanced less. And this deal is only available through my link. So go to drinkelement, D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com slash balanced less. And I'll also say Element has the most amazing customer service. So if for any reason you run into any issues or you don't like it, they offer refunds, no questions asked. So you have nothing to lose. So get your hydration on this summer. Lately, I have been all about my skin. Now that I'm in my 30s, I've been noticing some changes and it has me wanting to give my skin some extra TLC from the inside out. Part of my routine that I've been loving has been incorporating gua sha using the goodies from Anima Mundi Herbal's Rose Magic Kit. Anima Mundi is a Brooklyn-based apothecary with herbs, tonics, and beauty products. And the Rose Magic Kit has an amazing facial and body oil, rose powder, which is delicious for adding a floral flair to your drinks, and a gorgeous rose face mask, along with a rose quartz gua sha. So after I wash my face in the morning, I apply the collagen boosting face oil, which is a medical grade organic oil to my face and my neck. And I use their gua sha to gently massage my skin, to get my circulation going, to help with lymphatic drainage. My skin has been plump, glowy, and it's helped me reduce some of the puffiness that I naturally have. So when I really want to pamper myself after that, I apply the rose face mask and it feels like a spa treatment right at home. The Rose Magic Kit just scratches the surface of the amazingness that Anima Mundi has to offer. So whether you're looking for adaptogens, tonics, or skincare, Anima Mundi has an herbal solution for you. Head to their website at animamundiherbals.com and use the code BALANCED15 for 15% off your first order. Again, that's code BALANCED15 for 15% off your first order at Anima Mundi Herbals. But I think we do have a lot of people in our community of listeners here who are neurospicy and who are also, to your point, probably the first person who's breaking some of those curses, Mm -hmm. who's going to therapy, who's doing certain things, even if other people around them aren't. I know I've felt that. And so sometimes it can feel like a big burden to bear when you're the one who kind of kicks off the healing journey for everybody else. And to your point about seeing like your grandmother and your great aunts and your parents start to talk and be open to things a little bit differently. Those moments when that happened, because I've had that happen in my family too, it's so rewarding and it's so worth it when you see your self-awareness start to rub off on other people or see how you taking care of yourself directly positively influences the people close to you it's those are the moments that make it worth it i know i'm like if we can hold on to those moments bottle it yeah i would take that yeah exactly exactly (laughs) bottle it up and sell it um because you're right it does it makes it a hundred percent worth it because you're like this is why we're doing this yes this is why we do this you know i think um i think it was actually mary lou shen who, who who's taught a workshop at holicism no it wasn't her oh god who said this no it was Satara, 
I who, love Satara. Yeah, who is a conjurer. She's amazing. She's, she's been know. on the podcast. Oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, I haven't, I haven't listened to her episode. I have to yeah. listen to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's fabulous. I, I did yoga teacher training with oh. her. That was how I met her. Oh, that's her. so awesome. Yeah, yeah I want to like, I want to do um, some work with her. She's like always like book, book, book and busy always. as she should be. She's yeah, amazing. she's incredible. But she said something that I will never forget. God, I think it was her, but I'm just going to attribute to her for at this moment. She said, when you are doing healing work, mm-hmm. You're not just doing healing work for yourself. You're doing healing work for seven generations back mm. and forward. I think she said, "Ooh, I'm gonna, I'm I think she said you're doing work for seven yeah. generations back and forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have never forgotten that. Yeah. Of course, like you know, hearing that that does sound like a head. That's a heavy burden, right? right. You can't necessarily walk around with that, right? Like, <laughs> I'm healing for all. You know, it's like carrying gener- eleven people with you. Exactly, seven people on your back. And that's a lot. Four people on the front. Yeah, that's heavy. Yeah. That's yeah. a lot. That's a lot of weight to carry. Yeah. You know, but. I think to have that awareness, mm-hmm. have that in mind, but keeping your healing at the forefront is so motivating and powerful. And yes, again, bringing it back, when you see that happening in real time, you get like, it's just like, oh, I mean, this is what it's all about. You know, this is, I'll do the work every day for this, you know, whatever that looks like. Yeah, it's great. And also, again, just like, again, I'm a huge community person. I thrive off of a connection. Those are my little charges, you know. And so those moments, I feel like, are, are just filled with so much energy. Like, oh, we really see each other in this moment. You know, we're really having a real spiritual human moment, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, just yeah. it's the stuff of life for me. And we're having those healing moments together because yeah. sometimes I think a lot of the focus on healing is so singular and there is a lot of it that is inside work. When you have things going on in your mind, in your body, it can be you and you in that moment, but there's also so much of healing that is done in community and with one another and we can't have one without the other. Yeah, 100%. I would almost say I think most healing happens in mm-hmm. community. I think that we learn how to cope and heal on our own Mm -hmm. through community. Mm -hmm. We can't really get there unless we have that first. And I also think that ultimately, I mean, right, like we're all here for each other. I I say that all the time. I think like we wouldn't all be here if there wasn't, if we weren't supposed to be interacting and, Mm -hmm. you know, in community. But I also think that like in my personal belief there's no real unique experience out in the world, you know? Like it's true. Even though the nuances of mm-hmm. like what how that manifests may be unique or look unique on the outside, the surface of all of the feelings are, are all the same. We all feel the pain, we feel the loneliness, we, we feel the very similar experiences, exactly. the shame and the guilt, all that. Mm-hmm. And so what's that for if not to fucking work that out <laughs> together? Connect you know what over I'm saying? It. Yeah. You know, what is that? What's that about, right. you know? I love also too the fact that Again, we all have such unique and nuanced perspectives mm-hmm. on it, too. Yeah. I think, you know, the other side of that or kind of going further into that is allowing yourself to be open yes. to that, right? Exactly. Allowing yourself to be in a situation with somebody or a conversation with somebody mm-hmm. where you don't necessarily have the same perspective or think about something the same way, but it doesn't make either one of you wrong. Mm-hmm. That that's okay uh, and both can be celebrated. I'm also having like a lot of conversations right now with my partner we've been having like a lot of like deep just like relationship type conversations um because we're talking about i called them my partner but we're not together right now we're on the path of reconciliations we'll see but um yeah but it's exactly it's very real but it's it's forced us to have to confront that to have those conversations and be like okay 
can we accept that like maybe we don't have the same perspective on this mm-hmm. but like is this a deal breaker right. or you know or is that okay mm-hmm. like can i celebrate the fact that you feel this way does it really mean like impact me that you think about this this way you know and so anyways i feel like i've gone on such a tangent and a roller coaster no. but it's all yeah. related it, yeah. and it's all connected yeah. for sure yeah absolutely yeah so i would love to talk about maybe some like strategies for squiggly brained folks. I have not been diagnosed with ADHD. I identify as more of like a non-ADHD squiggly brain where it's like I just, I communicate in a very linear way, but in my head it's not the way what's happening up here is not very linear yeah. and it's a journey for what comes out here mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> is how I would best describe myself. And so for me, I have from a pretty young age had to learn how to create a lot of systems of focus for myself just to continue functioning. And I think for a lot of us squiggly brain folks, that's what we have to do. So I'd love to talk about maybe systems and things that have helped you as you've navigated the squiggles. Yeah, that's, that is the magic word. Systems mm-hmm. is the magic word. And it's a lot of what we do at Holisticism um, and in the North Node, which is like the private part of that, of, of Holisticism, our private membership. But systems and the implementation of systems changed my life as well, along with, you know, me- with the medication. I think having the medication allowed me to implement systems. Yes. Um, they work together. Exactly. It's another tool. 100%. So I was introduced to Notion, obviously, immediately um, working at Holisticism. I love Notion. Seriously, I'm <laughs> We obsessed. love Notion. We love you very much. Yeah. But when I first was introduced to Notion, I think that was actually one of the things that really contributed to my breakdown. Wow. I was so overwhelmed mm. by trying to comprehend Notion, yeah. which actually really isn't that difficult to comprehend. The fact that it could be anything is what makes it exactly difficult. It's not hard to use, but the fact that you could turn it into and anything. Oh, oh, and limited possibilities. Yes. Exactly. That's overwhelming. Yes. It's an analysis by paralysis, mm-hmm. right? And so I, I mean, there were days where I was in front of Notion crying. Mm. I'm not being like dramatic. I'm yeah. not exaggerating. And I just thought I was dumb. I was like, I don't know why I'm not getting this and ooh, I'm like how honest do I get about this you can be on- totally honest there were a lot of elements that contributed to that you know yeah. I think when I first started working at Holisticism too I was the only one woman of color mm-hmm. that I think that was really difficult for me to reconcile and the community at the time was largely um, white women we've definitely have more have had more women of color come in since then but at the beginning it was that was difficult well, I'll say we had another woman of color working with us as well, but she then left and then I was the only one. And so, yeah, I there were days where I just was like, I'm an idiot. I don't belong here. I'm not smart enough to be in this space. I'm just not it. It was where I was really mean to myself during that time. Um, but again, I was in survival mode, right? I couldn't even grasp any kind of real perspective during that time because I needed medication. Um, and uh, so anyways, being in front of Notion, it exacerbated those feelings and once I was able to be be medicated um, and I started to allow myself the time to just play yeah. with Notion, mm-hmm. the world fucking opened, it opened up for up. me. Yep. It opened up again. I was settled. I, I could I actually focus. And I just started building databases. I built, a, you know, my personal dashboard. I started creating like my own ecosystem for my life and planning out all my projects and things that I knew that. I wasn't working on right then. It felt good to get on, to get it in my, you know, system um, because there was a space for it. I knew it wasn't going to be like floating around in my head being like, don't forget about me. You're going to want to work on me, you know, giving me anxiety. And so that really changed the game for me. And then it became about how do I use this consistently? Yes. How do I 
implement something that I can rely on so that when I'm inevitably going to be at a time when I'm traveling or, I don't know, life, when I'm just not feeling well, I can fall back on something and not just go back into chaos. And it took time for me to kind of figure that out. And here's the one, the one thing that for sure that I figured out without a doubt, is that it always changes. Yes. And it will always be changing. So, you know, at the beginning for me, a system looked like I implemented exactly like what I learned from holicism, right? Monday hour one. Every Sunday, I would write down all the things that I had to do for the next week. And then that Monday morning, I would take an hour and I would put that into my calendar. And then I would fall. That would be my week. I would follow the week. Now, inevitably, I wouldn't do all of the things. And, you know, and so some things would get pushed. And But that that gave me structure. Yes. And it also gave me a space to recognize when I wasn't showing up for the things that I said I was going to mm-hmm. do, why I wasn't showing up for those things things. Yes. So I was able to make adjustments and pivot, you know, again, it just, it allowed me to see my world and, you know, in one space, um, which then allowed me to make decisions um, that felt aligned with where I wanted to go. And then, yeah. And then I was just felt like I was living life. Um, And so, yeah, I think again, over time that, that that system has changed for me, it doesn't look the same. Now I work with a blotter. I'm very analog. I love Mm. writing. And so I do still have a Monday hour one, but it's in paper form. And, you know, there are other aspects of like my life uh, that I've systemized as well, like spirituality. So every morning I'm up, I'm doing my morning pages and, you know, some mornings I miss and that's okay. Um, I don't beat myself up for that, but I'm more than not pretty consistent, mostly consistent. Mm -hmm. Every morning I have my tarot cards on my desk in a place where I know that I need them because ADHD out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. Yeah. Object impermanence is a thing. That's real. Um, And so if I know that it's important in my life that I have to use it, it's got to be somewhere I can see it. Right. So it's like those little things. Right. Like knowing what's going to work for you based on where you're at and setting up your life so that you are it's in flow it's you're you're not having to do extra work to go to the cabinet to get the tarot deck and pull it out and like, you're not going to do that you're not going to do that and then you're going to be wondering or even for me like get out of bed and walk over to my desk and get my my journal for my morning pages i'm not going to do that if i don't have my journal in my bed with me so that i wake up and i literally can reach over and grab it I'm going to be two weeks from now being like, why do I feel so fucking depressed? <laughs> yeah. Why do I feel so sad and disconnected? I'm like, oh, I haven't meditated or like done my morning pages in like two the weeks. System's off. I, my system's off, yeah. right? It's off. So like the system is really good for, for living life, but it's also good when you're implementing it for knowing wh- why you're feeling a certain way too. It's like when you have that in place, you're giving yourself the opportunity to make cues or give yourself markers for when you're off or why you might be off, which then allows you to make a decision about whether or not you want to get back on. And if do if you do, then how, you know? Um, and there's so much freedom in that because we tend to think that if something's not working, something's wrong with us. Exactly. When really it's like, no, the system's just not supporting you. So it's time to adjust it. Exactly. It's not you. It's the system that's not working. And that, yes, I thank you for saying that because that is, that's like, like the crux of it um, and and really, really important because you're right. We always, it, it comes back down to, oh my God, I'm broken, you know? Um, and it's so easy for us to feel that way when, no, it's just like, you got to just find a different way that works for you. Right. You are just, you've, you've put yourself into this little box and you think that this is the way that it has to look and that ain't going to work for you. You're not that type of person, you know? Um, or maybe that worked or, for or you a month ago, but, but it, it doesn't work for you today. Not. Exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and so, yes, 100 percent. It's it's always about the system. It's never about you. I'm just going to say that. I mean, you know, we all have our, our shit. We all have our shit. But if you 
are waking up and intentionally wanting to show up for your life and like be in the world, th- to me, th- that's all you need. I, I've been holding on to this um, Naomi uh, Os- Osaka quote. She said like right after she announced her pregnancy, I'm, not, I'm gonna butcher it, so it's not verbatim, but it's something along the lines of, I know that I may not always make the best decisions, but I have confidence in the fact that as long as I'm making decisions with good intention, everything's gonna work out okay. That's beautiful. Yeah, yes. I'm like, I will, I just got chills yes. like saying that to myself. I'm just like, I, I will hold on to that as long as I live because yes. I really believe that. I think as long as you're waking up and your intention is to show up for yourself and live, you don't have to have the answers. You don't have to know what that looks like. It's, you'll figure it out. It's, it's you're, you're gonna get along the way. I told her, I'm like I'm like I don't know if I just like totally made a totally different point. I'm not like <laughs> ADHD's working right now. It's working. Um, but yeah, I yes, I. It I is the point that. that we're not broken. That usually our hearts are in the right place, but that we. I think sometimes we want to see routines and systems as these like really stringent things mm-hmm. that we, you know, our worthiness is measured by our ability to stick to it. Mm-hmm. When in reality, it's something that should be supporting us. 100%. And if it's not working, that means it's probably not supporting you. Mm-hmm. So it, there needs to be an adjustment. Exactly. hundred percent. And yes, I, I also love, yeah, talking about to like the, the rigidness of um, structure or systems. I think that even just that as an idea, right? Like I think a good system builds in flexibility. A good system builds in- It can bend. Exactly. It can be, exactly. It's flexible. I was like, I was thinking for the, of the word for it, but I, it was not coming quick enough. Um, flexible is good. That works. Because also you're always going to have to make changes to that system. You're always going to have to reappraise, right? We say this all the time in our system spells course. We teach a course Love called system class. spells. Yeah, it's and how awesome I learned course. how to use Notion. Oh, sweet. Oh, yeah. It's a great course to learn how to use Notion. Mm-hmm. And also just to, yeah, to learn how to, because I think oftentimes when you say like, yeah, build a system for your life, people don't necessarily know what that means, right? right? It can be, it's like a little amorphous, like a system, like it could be so many things. But system spells is a really, really great course to sort of have an understanding of what that can look like. That can look like so many things. I use Notion and now I also use a blotter and paper, um, but you could use anything, a Google or a, a binder. Like there's so many things you could use to create those systems for yourself. But in system spells, we talk a lot about building and reappraisal time and how you always have to go back to your system to reappraise because you're making these plans and you have these goals that you set, but inevitably nothing I won't say nothing, but very few things go as planned, you know, exactly as you imagined it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Or set in stone, right? Things change all the time. We also do future visioning Mm -hmm. um, at Holisticism. And basically what that is, is something that Michelle created, a container where we help people quantum leap. So take themselves from like where they are now to where they see themselves in the future. And the idea is that it doesn't have to take as long as they imagine. And in that Oh, I was like, oh, shoot. I'm so sorry, Les. I had a point that I was going to say. Don't I apologize. You're good. Future visioning. Well, we were talking about building in time to review your systems yeah. and make sure they're still working. Thank you so much. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, future visioning. It's a whole practice. There's mm-hmm. an embodiment practice that happens with future visioning. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where on the surface, it feels like you would need to do like once a year or maybe even once every couple of years, right? It's like you kind of, you're like, once you have your idea for your future and your vision, like you just, you get that and then you work on that, right? However, that's not really how we work as human beings, right? Like we're changing again and shifting our ideas and things that we want all the time. We're also constantly receiving new information, you know, every day, every moment of every day, you know, which is just shifting us. So Mm -hmm. 
when we do future visioning, I always tell people, you know, I I run a lot of, a lot of the future visioning course classes now, but I like to do future visioning on my own, like once every quarter, because my dreams change constantly. And like, of course, like a core of the thing that I want to do, like that doesn't really shift, you know, but what that can look like. That, shit, that changes all the time, you know? And so just, we always have to reappraise everything that we're doing. We always have to build in that time. If your system isn't flexible, it's hard to do that. Yeah. Because then you cause yourself stress trying to change and move things around. Exactly. And you try uh, to change yourself. Exactly. Exactly. It's or easier to change, to change the system. <laughs> exactly. A hundred percent. Oh, it's way easier. That's buttons. Yeah. You know, yeah, we're an eraser, you know? I... 100% abide by reappraising, having a flexible system. Again, that can look so many ways, but f- finding out what feels most accessible to you. I think that there was a time in the beginning, you know, at least for me, like with Notion, mm-hmm. um, where I realized that like I, I didn't want to be in the digital space in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that also was my resistance initially. I think obviously discovering how cool Notion was changed that for me. Yeah. I was like, well, I can't not use this. It's like crazy. Right. But I think at the time, right, like it may have been that like I w- Notion wasn't for me. There may have been another system that I could have tried out during that time, you know? And so I think, yeah, I think experimenting, allowing yourself the space to kind of try new things and try different ways um, to do that is important. But know that it's always going to change, you know, and like give yourself space and grace and like room for that Um, and build that in. Honestly, just build that in, like prepare yourself for it, because if you don't, you're just gonna be fighting against yourself, you know, and And make it hard. Yeah. I mean, I think my biggest lesson, just like navigating adulthood and figuring out how to get things done is that everything takes longer than I think it's going to take. Facts. It probably costs more money than I think it's going to cost. <laughs> so if I can just build in buffers for yeah. myself yeah. around my time and my expectations and how long I think yeah. things will take and how quickly I think I can learn things, mm. add more time, add more buffer. Mm-hmm. It creates so much more peace. Wise living. Like that's a kind person to themselves. Like that's somebody who's it's, very self-aware yeah. and is like, I want a long time, time to get there. Life. Exactly. Yeah, listen. Yeah, it's a journey. It's a journey. <laughs> but that is a very, it's a wise way of living. I mean, it is. It's like, I want to live a life that is filled with peace, at least more peace than chaos. So I know that I have to give myself the things that I need in order to assure that that happens. I mean, that's what it is. Nobody else is going to do it for us. Nobody else is going to do it for us. People are going to do the opposite. Exactly. I was going to say. Exactly. I was going to say, and and that's not to shit on people. Mm -hmm. That's just like human nature. We all just want things from each other. Exactly. We're all just asking for each other's energy. So like, make it happen for yourself, or you're not going to get it at all. You know. Yeah, that's a big lesson. And yeah, a lot of people do learn that late in life. But again, to your point, generationally, you know, I think in our cohort, we are seeing a lot of us doing that work and having those recognitions and like really talking about it, you know, and sharing that with our communities and our families. And um, it's really cool to be a part of that and to see that. And um, yeah, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I think overall, I'm really, really optimistic about where we're headed largely as a community. I, I said so that. Too. So many other thoughts came to I know. my mind. And like, it's a big Jesus. statement, yeah. but I agree. Yeah. I do think that more of us than not are 
really invested in doing some healing work and at least questioning, is the way that we've done things the way we need to continue doing things? And I think as long as people are questioning, we yep. can always move forward. Yep. That's where it starts. Yeah. You just need a question because the question is just like open a little door. You know, you allow yourself for more perspective to come in, you know? Yeah, I I feel that 100%. And I, yeah, I agree. It is. I, I do feel really optimistic about that. And that's happening a lot, a lot. For sure. Yeah, yeah. It's a good life. It is. It is. And I think our, our generations, I think millennials and, and Gen Z specifically, we're just, mm -hmm. we're asking a lot of questions. And I think we're willing to do things more differently yeah. than before. Yeah. And more unapologetically. Yeah. Like really without, I mean, especially Gen Z. Right. They are. I love it. I <laughs> am obsessed with them. I'm obsessed with them. Yeah. I'm like. Not, I mean, listen, I'm going to take my credit. Like, we carried the ball in here. Like, For we sure. started. We definitely For were sure. pioneering. Absolutely. But they are taking that fucking ball. And, like, look, sometimes I'm offended. You know what I'm saying? I know. I'm like, oh, I am getting right? old because yeah. am I a little more old school than I thought? Low key. I'm like, oh, my, am my I edge conservative? Is, my like, edges are gone. Right. Exactly. No, but it's great. I love it. I love it. Mm -hmm. And I think that, uh, of course, we, I think we're always, every generation, right? You're going to hear a debate about the next and the pre and the one before. That's always going to be there. But I think that what I really celebrate and honor about G Gen Z, this generation, is their, again, absolute ruthlessness and their ability to be so unapologetically themselves and to not just take it on the head you yeah. know to not take it on the head to yeah. just be like to, to question everything yeah again almost sometimes to the point of offense <laughs> but like what the fuck who you know mm -hmm. it's like it's got to it, it is going to swing to the other opposite end of the spectrum it we've is. been a society of yeah. like robots and rule followers and sheep for so long right it's gonna get a little crazy you know for a little while and that's okay that's just i think the nature of how things work and operate what goes up has to come down you know and as the higher it goes up the harder it's gonna fall you know and I think we're kind of in that right now, you know, but it's great. I think that's how progress happens. I think that's how change happens. I think that's how we see forward, you know, momentum. And I, we fucking need that. It's true. More than anything. And that's kind of like how we started the conversation and talking about squiggliness as a superpower, just the willing to see yes. and do things differently. Yep. Full circle. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm I'm so grateful. I'm like, this is the time for like superheroes. Like, and, and I don't mean superheroes as individuals. I mean, like as communities, you know, of us like really showing up for each other and showing up in community and and being in our purposes, you yes. know? I love that. I love having not just one purpose because yeah. I don't believe I don't believe in just one purpose. Mm -hmm. And I also don't believe in purpose confined to jobs because I'm like, no, 90% of my jobs have involved Google Docs and emails. That's, That's what I do all day. That's my purpose. Right. Yeah. Come yeah, on yeah. I'm not buying no, it. It makes no sense. I'm not buying it. It's corporate hoopla. It's <laughs> right. capitalism bullshit. Like you're yeah, you, it's it's fine. That's what we do. Right. But that's not who we are. Exactly. A hundred percent different. Huge difference. I think that's also a really important distinction to make too, because I think so much of us associate our value with the work that we oh, do, yeah. you know, especially as like creatives and artists, that can be really, really difficult to keep separate. And, and I identify as an artist and as a creative, it's what I've done all of my life. And even though I work in that, my value is in just my innate 
it's me and showing up in my existence. And I get to be able to tell that through my art, you know, that, but that's not where the value lies. Exactly. You know? And the value is also not in how other people perceive, other people perceive that. Exactly. Yep. Right. And that's what make, can make it really, really difficult is as artists, you know, especially if you have a goal to like attain some sort of level of success in the industry, you do kind of have to rely on other people's validation or you need that in a way to kind of get to the next level. And it can be difficult to keep that in proper perspective. That's a really tricky kind of constant game that you're playing as an artist, especially like Jesus Lord. Yeah. As a musician or an actor, like, oh my God, or any artist in general. Yeah. All art, all art. It's rough. It's not an industry that gets in the way of the art. And I mean, we're seeing that right now and with the writer's strike and with everything Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. The writer strike is a whole other. I was just yesterday having a conversation with two uh, writer friends that we're working on a feature right now, but I'm not in the WGA and they both are. And yeah, just the shit that they also like just have to constantly go through and fight for and most of them really do just want to tell stories. Like, write, we just yeah. want to write. Just pay us. And be treated and fairly. Be, yeah, just yeah. pay us. And, yeah. like, we just want to write. It's right. not that difficult, you know? Exactly. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild. But, you know, as an artist, sometimes I'm like, that's the le- that's the lot in life. That's what I've chosen, you know? It's like a delicate balance. And sometimes it can kind of feel like a curse, low-key. It's like, I wish, I, I say this all the time, like, if God had gifted me with the desire to be anything else than an artist, I would take that. Because it can, it's a hard life sometimes, truly. And it sucks because it's like the things that make it hard, it's like capitalism is what yeah, makes it hard. Truly. And all of these man-made things yeah, make truly. it hard. Innately, like it shouldn't be hard shouldn't. to want to create art and to get to do that. Yeah. And that's what's so frustrating. It's yeah. like it's hard when it doesn't have to be. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah. And, I, and I'm going to be honest. Like I, I definitely have very surface like dreams and visions of myself of making it to a certain level in the industry. Like, that's and there's nothing thing, wrong with know? that. Yeah. yeah. And so again, like, you know, it's battling that like having that, I'm going to say I ha- I'm going to say this this is not like a moment of like showboating thing at, at all but this is just to hit at home. I had I had a conversation in my um web series. I had a web series. I know I'm going all over the place last night. No, 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 no. like real me in. No, 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 no. This is good. Um I, w- I want to know. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Um I I have a web series called No Chill uh and we shot it between like 2016 2018 um and it did really well it has, it has like over six million views on youtube currently and got picked up by like a network but in the second season we were blessed to be able to get sherry shepherd on one of the episodes and she so graciously like for a brief time like mentored me um after that and i remember having a conversation with her and i was just sort of like asking her Really, I think subtly I was trying to ask her to for like help. I'm like, just like how, how to get me in the industry. Like, what's that? I'm trying. Right. I've been working so hard for so long, yeah. you know. Um, but I was subtly just being like, can you give me adv- like what advice can you give me on how I can like get through the next door? Like, how can I break this window? You know. And ultimately, what she ended up saying, she said a lot of wonderful things, but she said, in order to kind of be working, you kind of already have to be working. So in order to be known or, you know, to have an, a big opportunity, you kind of already have to have a big opportunity, which seems like weird and fucked up and crazy and wild. But it's things but it makes like sense. Yeah, but it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Right. It makes total sense. And it's it's how the industry works. I mean, you're in it. You're like, it's about who, you know, and like so much of that, you know, you, when you're dealing with that 
aspect of it, right? When you're like, it's not just about talent and how I show up. And I'm like, I'm fucking talented. Like, mm-hmm. I went to school for this shit. You yes. know what I'm saying? Like, I can act my ass off. And like, then I graduated and I'm like, I'm a fucking boss ass producer. I can direct my ass. And, I'm, and I've become a great writer in the last few years. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got the talent. I'm not shy of that. But it's all, it's the, it's everything else around it that I've got to like work through and wade through and be patient and like also play this game. And that's the part where it's like, oh, yeah, it's hard. That's rough. You know, it kind of takes the wind out of it. And you do have to stay really connected to your why. And you have to always be doing something for you. I'm always writing for myself, no matter what. And that keeps me sane and that keeps me happy and it keeps me connected to my art. And no matter what happens, I know I will always have that. Um, And I can live peacefully knowing that. And then beyond that, it's like, all right, cool. What's what's today going to bring? And then I'm going to be present. Everything else is extra. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You know? And so that's definitely a newer perspective that I've come to in life for sure. But I feel that. Like, I've been really focused lately on living my life. Yes. Enjoying, not holding my breath for some opportunity or big break or some because even mm-hmm. when that happens there's always going to be something else or something always more something you know else. you're still going to be you I'm still going to be me exactly yeah. um and and really just living presently right now and enjoying the opportunities that I have and yes. not I'm going to go off on one more tangent because I just want to share this here for it with your audience <laughs> um because this is also a holisticism thing mm-hmm. you know we talk about setting your expectations right yes. and like dopamine crashes and yes. system spells but like also just like a north node in general I, you know, again, as an artist, I think when you're not aware of yourself and again, sort of connected and grounded in your why of what you're doing, it can be really easy to get tossed around in the waves of the industry. And those are really high highs and really low lows. And if you're doing that on a consistent basis, that is not sustainable. It's exhausting. Oh, gosh. Um, and it's the one thing that'll make you run away, run yeah. out of LA, run so away So bad from, for your brain. Exactly. Like your mind. Your exactly. Or run yeah. to drugs yeah. and um, like, all that shit. Yeah. So at the beginning of this year, it was a whirlwind of a, a lot happened for me. You know, so I, I experienced a lot of loss, but I also had some really big opportunities come in industry-wise. And I felt myself get really, really excited, like super, super excited because they were bigger than opportunities that I've had in a little while. And I recognized as it was happening, as I was getting excited, I was like, ooh, I recognize this level of excitement. Mm-hmm. This is the, because this level of excitement inevitably has a crash. Mm. There is another side to this. I was like, so I can keep down this path or I can try and check this really quickly and see if I can like manage this level of excitement. Not say that, not to say that I shouldn't be excited, but where my excitement was landing was in the future. Yeah, my excitement was landing in oh my god, this opportunity and projecting of like what was here's gonna what's going to happen exactly. versus being present in for, what's happening. Yeah, yeah, versus being present, just being like. This is so fucking dope that like we got acknowledged this way and this person reached out like, oh, my God, super cool. I don't know what's going to happen, but really cool. I'm so grateful. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. instead of just like staying there. So what happened was I allowed myself to stay in that level, that height, heightened height of excitement. And it did not pan out as I expected to in the timing that I expected to. And about a week later, I was in that crash and just feeling so discouraged and yeah. so depressed and so demotivated. And. I had like a epiphany because I was like, I, this is the first time I felt this in a while. 
Um, I've been, I feel like I've been pretty good at managing my expectations. And I, I had an epiphany and I realized, well, Janelle, you watched it. You you recognized it. You mm-hmm. called it out. Yeah. You had a conversation with yourself. You journaled about it. Um, and you made a choice. You actively made a choice to stay there. And you did that for a reason. So like, now let's examine that. You know, what, do, what did you learn? What did you take out of that? And what do you want to do differently next time? And I thought, well, I don't want to keep doing that because that's not fun. Right. And again, not sustainable. So what does that mean? That means that I need to start to look at how I can lean into what's happening now, right? Gratitude is the attitude. Like, let me just put it like layman's terms. Gratitude is the attitude, right? How can I lean into what's happening for me right now and enjoy that and recognize that as my life? Yes. Rather than it creating my life in some future whatever, you know? And again, it wasn't, I, I haven't had to do anything difficult. It, it was just like recognizing that and shifting that perspective and then going back to a consistent practice of gratitude. It's like, I'm journaling, but I'm also making sure I'm throwing some gratitude stuff in there. And like, and then when I'm getting those opportunities, recognizing it and being, and taking that moment to be like, I'm so grateful that I'm, I have this opportunity and I'm so excited for like being, that I get to do this. And I don't know what's going to happen with this. But I have faith that life is going to work out. Yes. It's and I can savor okay. what I have right now. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, 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 and here's the thing. And even further than that and being even more specific, I know that I'm going to make my life happen the way that I want it to in terms of my career. That it may not look how I imagine, but it's going to happen and I'm going to feel great about it because the feeling is what's, what's most important. Absolutely. And I don't know what's going to pop off. I don't know exactly how that's going to unfold, but that ain't my business. So my business is just to enjoy what's being given to me right here in the present moment, you know? And yeah, it's been great. It's been a wonderful practice to land in. And we again, we talk about that a lot at Holisticism because especially as entrepreneurs, especially as creatives, people kind of going after their thing. I think we have a tendency to, to dream really high in the sky, right? It's a big dream to just have your own business. I think especially when you have a squiggly brain, yeah. you're often not limited by right. the things that more linear people are. Yeah. So you do have a tendency to maybe be, I know this, the internet streets want to call it delusional or like yeah, maybe yeah. a little more unrealistic and be a big dreamer, which is amazing. Yeah. And also understanding how to manage the disappointment that exactly. can sometimes happen if things don't work out in that way is yeah. really important. A hundred percent. Yeah. Again, because that's exhausting. Mm-hmm. It's It's like... I mean, I liken it to like, and this is not supposed to, I'm not, I don't mean this to be like a body thing. I just mean like in terms of science and like physical, like losing a lot of weight and gaining a lot of weight really quickly back to back to back. Mm. It's not good for your heart physically, right? Like when you're like back and forth, back and forth, or if you're doing it extremely, right? Um, in extreme ways, I liken it to the same thing, right? It's like energy when you're like actively riding these highs of excitement and like, you know, uh, exhilaration and then crashing the next week. That shit, that will send you to an early grave. I'm convinced, you know, that's exhausting. You can't sustain that. It just is not possible. Or it'll be addicted because you want to numb out, like all that shit. Um, and that's not living to me. To me, that's not living. You know, that's not the life I want to live. Yeah, especially for squiggly brain people, you're, to your point, we do. It's it's so it can be dif- more difficult for us to ground yeah. because we also require dopamine is different for us, right? It's specifically for ADHD. Again, squiggly brain falls under a category. There's a lot of things that can fall under that category, but specifically for ADHD or ADD, we require a much larger amount of dopamine. And so it can be really, really difficult for us to find the spaces where we can kind of settle because we're constantly looking for that like newness, that that thing, that novelty, Mm -hmm. you know, that next thing. Exactly. And so it's good to be aware of that because 
it's just good to be good to be aware of self mm-hmm. um, and to know, recognize when you're doing that. But we do have to work extra hard. We yeah. have to be extra precious with our time and our mm-hmm. energy. I mean, like we kind of have to be vicious about it and really selfish about it because it's harder for us than it is for other people. That's just a fact. And if we don't accept that, then we're really setting ourselves up for failure. You and know? if you're not working with yourself, yeah, you're, kind of working then you're not you're working against yourself. Like, exactly, exactly. And yeah. who wants to do that? Don't yeah. do that. Right. Don't do that. I don't know. If, like you can see me looking at this camera. Don't work against yourself. <laughs> it's not cute. I don't want that for you. And you, it's hard. Yeah, we've all been there. I want to see you. I know we've all been there. I do it. I still do it. Don't, I'm not. No judgment. Seriously, but like, yeah, like that is truly what it comes down to. You know, we we want to show up for ourselves. You want to. We want to be happy. At the end of the day, don't we all just want to be happy? Healthy, happy, happy, thriving. So, like, we got to show up that way, you know? We got to be fucking vicious with our time and our energy, you know? Period. And our focus. And our focus. Yes. Period. Amazing. Point blank. Ugh. I feel like that is, like, the perfect note, like, bookend to today's conversation about working with our squiggly brains. Janelle, thank you so much for being here. Can you tell us more about what you're doing at Holisticism? Yeah. What's next for y'all? How we can keep in touch with you? Absolutely. Um, so we're actually opening up the doors to the North Node in Love June. The North Node. I'm a uh, member of the North Node. Yes, Les is a member of the North <laughs> Node. If you want to know more, please ask her. I hope she'll say great things. Of course. Um, but also, you can ask me, I'll tell you. But the North Node is our private membership. It's where the crux of our intuitive business curriculum lives. Um, we have a curriculum that basically, it's made up of five archetypes. We call it the archetype success path. And there's over 300 hours of content um, that we have in our curriculum. Um, And yeah, it's for intuitive business owners or entrepreneurs, but it's also for people who are looking to integrate spirituality and their own intuition into their lives. You don't have to have your own business. All of the work and the content is applicable um, to you, even if you're just like wanting to integrate in your own company, you know, definitely just like love witchy badass people who are not afraid to step outside of the box and um yeah like learn more about themselves so yeah north node it's uh we open june 17th um the doors open i think 69 a month membership for a lot of content and a dope community we have an amazing amazing i cannot brag enough about our community <laughs> it is my pride and joy i like i do feel kind of like responsible for the community i kind you of feel like ma- yeah i feel like mama yeah. you know i feel like i've i've also had to work and help shape the community and so they are my babies um, and they're amazing and they're so well resourced and they're also just really nice to each other. And like so many of them have made really great friends. We've had a lot of in-person events. Um, we've had a lot of people collaborate on work and it's I've just worked really with awesome. some amazing people. I mean, our like our editor who edits Balanced Black Girl yes. I in the North Node and I've had brand deals and collaborations from other North Node members who I've worked with and there it's a go. great community. Yeah, they're really freaking awesome. So come join us. Come say hi. We're really cool and we do a lot of fun things and we have a lot of content. It's fun. We There's a lot of knowledge, a lot of information to take you to the next level to like be a boss. I mean, you're already a boss, but we can continue to boss out. Yes. Help you like refine it. And yeah, focus it. exactly. Exactly. Feel good about it. Yes. You know, amazing. Well, we will link more information about the North Node in the show notes so that everyone can check it out. Janelle, thank you so much. Yeah. I loved this conversation. I loved having you. Thank you. Thank I'm you so grateful. Coming. I feel honored. Truly. I like feel really grateful that you 
would have me here and oh like gosh, yeah. would like want to talk to me about this. Like, I, I don't think I've had a lot of spaces, especially with, again, like people of color or another black woman where I've been able to like really just dive into it. So I feel really, really grateful. And um, yeah, just thank you for holding this space for me. It's been wonderful. Oh my gosh, it's my pleasure. Thank yeah. you for being here. Yeah, absolutely. Sweet.